Good morning. This is Jeff Edwards. This is KGOS KERM Lawn and Garden Program. Uh, today in studio, I have Jerry Urshabek. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Jeff. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll we'll work through any issues as we go today, right? Absolutely. Okay. All right. And then uh, also joining us today is Gary Stone from uh, University of uh, Nebraska Lincoln Panhandle Station over in Scotts Bluff. Thank you, Gary, for joining us. Morning, Jeff. Thank you. And we're waiting for riveting information from you today. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, take a break and listen to our sponsors, and we'll be back in a little bit. Okay, we're back. This is Jeff Edwards. This is the KGS KERM Lawn and Garden Program, along with Jerry Urshabek and Gary Stone. And uh, I, I've been kidding the guys. I, I have a hard time looking at both of them and going Jerry and Gary and trying to keep it straight. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how we do today. I'm the guy on the left. Right. Yeah. And you are? <laughs> and, and I'm the guy that doesn't have much hair on top of <laughs> Okay. There's a lot of that going around, Gary. <laughs> hey, um, you know, it's Friday again. I think it's going to be a gorgeous weekend. And believe it or not, it's spring, right? And, and it's not raining. And it's not or raining. Snowing. Or snowing. Or hailing. Or any of that other bad stuff that we have to deal with. So, uh, I think that if, uh, if you've been putting off your garden, or if you hadn't, and you need to start over, this weekend might be a good time to oh, do it. Oh, yeah. Some people got really excited about some of our nice days and got too excited, and now they're having to start over. Yep. It is. Yeah, the soil temperature should be up around 60 degrees, so now's the time to get everything in if you haven't. So, uh, Gary, at 60 degrees, you can plant melons from seed. You can do anything you want at this Just point in about, time. Yeah, if you haven't put in anything, now's the time to get her done. Sounds good to me. And, yeah. And so then just three short months until we have a whole lot of produce, right? <laughs> and in famous last words, probably next weekend it'll snow again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put your shovel away. <laughs> One fourth of July, we went over to Cheyenne for a fireworks display, and uh, my brother-in-law brought ice cream and did not have to refrigerate it. <laughs> it, it. It was so cold. I remember that fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, weird things can still happen. And uh, I was uh, with some folks from Laramie yesterday, and they said they had a really hard freeze last ni night before last. Uh, so um, uh, one of the individuals is a gardener, and he didn't cover some things up, and he thinks he's going to have to start over. Laramie is one of the most challenging areas to try to garden, unless you have some sort of a hoop house or a small little coverage uh but in all honesty uh pinedale is even more challenging oh, than really? laramie oh yeah pinedale has fewer growing days the the least number of growing days than any other place in the state i think yeah yeah gary's uh gary's agreeing he's yep. nodding his head yes so when we used to sell pumpkins we had carry we'd go to a football game and have a trailer full of pumpkins and go, oh my where'd you grow these well Goshen County. Yep, not locally. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, you're not from around these parts, are you? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, things are uh, things are greening up, drying out. Uh, some things that are occurring now. Are you guys familiar with noceums? A little bit. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, they the reason they call them noceums, they're very small, uh, biting flies. Um, and they're out. Uh, so if you uh, if you f have a sensation of something crawling on your skin but you can't see it uh, and and biting you, you probably have been 
exposed to a no see mm. Believe it or not, they actually exist, yeah. <laughs> even though you can't see them. <laughs> but they are very minute flies. And nobody carries around a microscope anymore. Right, and and for the, uh, for the bite welt that they leave behind, you would think that they have mouth parts that are just absolutely huge, but they are little nasty little biting flies. I saw an advertisement for an app on a phone uh bug bird and plant id you take a picture of it and you put it through the app and it identifies your bird or bug or plant i thought that was the coolest thing um how, gary have you seen that before i've heard of it but i have not used it i was going to say if you uh, checked it for accuracy that might be kind of interesting yes yeah i mean you should have it fairly accurate to right. apply it to a broad-based spectrum for somebody to actually buy that app. Sure, sure. And and part of every uh, uh, management process is identifying what you actually have, right? And how to treat it. Because yep. if you don't know what it is, how do you treat it? Correctly. Yeah, right? correctly. Yeah, yeah. Gary, yeah. You're, you're awful quiet today. We're I trying, know, I'm just you, listening to you all this <laughs> in. It's fascinating. We want you to participate. <laughs> but I was able to identify two... Uthika pods. Yes, for my prey mantis. So you got to say it faster, like you like you mean it. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. I thought I did mean it. Uthika. Uthika. Yeah, but they're the pods that uh, praying mantis will harbor in and grow in, and then escape from. So basically, it's the egg case of a praying mantis. Yeah. So we found one. Uh, uh, under a uh, fall clematis vine that we were cleaning up. And okay. Myrna, saw, Myrna has been identifying these. And she found it on a vertical surface of a fence yep. where the clematis was. And uh, then the other one was underneath the rim of an old wagon wheel that we have. And so we go, hey, look at these. They try to deposit those in a protected area, keep them out of the most of the weather over the winter. And then um, when the conditions are right, and I don't exactly know what those are, but uh, warm weather, proper humidity, they'll start hatching out and they'll disappear. So last year I waited too long. Uh, we had purchased the little container of the Uthika pods and egg from, case, egg case from the <laughs> from the greenhouse, and we just let it sit there on the kitchen table, and they all popped out and. Uh, it was a fight to the finish, but one guy lasted. <laughs> Probably one big female. One big one. <clears throat> one and so one, hopefully won she, the race. She was the one that that made these uuthikas. Right. So does so, so does one praying mantis produce that in yes. case? Yes. That's amazing. And they will produce more than one over the course of their lifetime. It may be up to five or six in one area or several uh, areas. They'll move off from one location uh, to another. And so I hate to think that I have so many bugs and pests that, you know, that they think our area, my house is a good place to, to form a household. So, so praying mantises do fly, but they don't fly well because they're so large. So they, they will disperse, but most of the time they're, they're walking, crawling, hunting as they're going and uh carried by the wind as well um not so much, not so, not much. so much oh okay hey uh, i'm getting the uh we, we got a caller so let's uh let's see what's going on today see if i don't hang up on them this morning good morning you're on the air <laughs> good morning uh whenever you give uh, uh information about an app 
say what the name of it is. I tried to search on bird, bug, and plant, and the app store only gave me a plant identification thing. What's the name of the app that uh, identifies all three of those? I don't know, but they just said that it was uh, fr almost free or free on, uh, can I say the name of the phone? Sure. Sure. It was an iOS and an Android phone. So it's available on both formats. Both. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you was this an article that you read, Jerry? Yeah, it was, on, it was on television just uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. So they didn't give you the name of the app either. Nope. They but just said, hey, this is, a, this is a coming out, and boy, everybody better jump on it because this is the best, coolest, next thing going. Well, if they do a search and you'll put bird, bug, and plant ID app, something should pop up. Yeah, something something pops up, but it's a uh, plant identification. It doesn't have anything about birds or bugs. Huh. Hmm. This was KGOS uh, television news so, yesterday. So it's Greg's fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll do some research, and if we find the name of that, we'll uh, announce it next week. All right. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh -huh. So I hate to be kind of a, you know, bring this topic up, but squirrels, pros and cons. And it seems as <laughs> love if... Love them or hate them. Love them or hate them. So it seems as if, you know, that's exactly what you do. How do you stand on that on that particular subject? I still try to stay in the middle. Because <laughs> I like them and I can understand. I, I try to see both sides of this picture, but I can understand. They caused a lot of damage last week. Yeah, yeah, and kept kept KGS off of the air for a couple hours. <laughs> well, I think a lot of damage to the trees. They'll strip the bark. Yeah, I I think that was accidental damage last week that happened last Friday. Well, yeah, I don't think that he was just saying I'm I'm out to get <laughs> some electrical <laughs> appliances to be shut off. I don't think that he had that in mind. No, there was nothing in his mind afterwards. An Al Qaeda squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not be talking about that. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So. Yes, squirrels can cause a lot of damage, um, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Um, but uh, they also provide people a lot of enjoyment as far as um, some of the antics that they do. And, and uh, uh, so it's just kind of one of those things that... Um, On sunflowers, they can do a reverse setup. So they'll hang by their feet. Their hind legs. Hind legs and be upside down and then curl up and get some sunflower seeds and... Come back down and eat them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. they're they're kind of cool to watch. Squirrel gymnasts. Squirrel gymnastics. <laughs> Wide world of sports. <laughs> oh man. So Gary, let's. Uh, y you mentioned that uh, now would be a great time to get out and work and plant in your garden. So um, let's kind of run through a list of things that uh, we could go do this weekend as far as getting things in and and um uh getting them getting it ready do should we so we've had a lot of rain um if our garden is not quite prepped yet should we rototill it what how, how should we how should we get ready for this weekend i'd uh you know uh, you could till it that way but i'd also if you're going to do that put in some uh, compost uh, a good quality product like that would uh, certainly build the organic matter in the soil it will add nutrients that will break down over a long period of time and feed your plants gradually uh, it's low in nitrogen so that's a good thing so you don't get a lot of 
plant growth. Uh, eventually, you'll get fruit or you know corn and things like that. So uh, that would be the thing that I would say to prep your ground. Uh, put in something like that and then uh, start planting because like I said the soil temps are 60 degrees or better you should be able to put in your peppers your sweet corn your melons just about anything that you haven't put in could go in right now so whether it's a start or whether it's something from seed get after it right get after it because okay. like you said uh, time short what first of June July August maybe half of September if we don't get an early freeze. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but you know, we've been we've been talking about giant pumpkins and giant pumpkin seeds are free at the extension agent. So Office. now you could you could just direct sow a pumpkin seed and and go to town on a giant pumpkin. It it's not too late because no. soil temperatures have been really low, right? They've been low. They've been fluctuating. I mean, uh, here a couple of weeks ago, they were still getting close to 60. And then, of course, we had the snow, and then we've had these rain this last week. And that, that's cooled things down. But that soil, it takes a lot to really cool it down. But uh, once it starts to warm up, it'll, it'll, it'll uh, stay warm, and, and things should be ready to go. And so 50 degrees is kind of the threshold, right, Gary? Uh, for I'd say 55 degrees. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some of our sweet corns and melons, they, they certainly need that war- warmer temp. But it's it's up around 60 degrees now, so everything should be put, put in and start growing. Speaking of sweet corn, I've attempted twice now to plant sweet corn in my high tunnel just because I had the space. And uh, I apparently have a vole problem because I still do not have any sweet corn. Dang it. <laughs> Is it vole or maybe a wireworm? Uh, it's not wireworm. I know exactly where they're coming in. I, I put uh, out a lot of bait. All the bait is gone, so maybe I can start uh, getting after planting the um, sweet corn again. Did you try a mousetrap? Uh, no, I, I, I did not. I, I know exactly where they're coming in at. It's a little round hole cut through my uh, weed barrier. <laughs> <laughs> You can put a metal screen in front see if they go through that. Uh, they would probably just f- make another hole. <laughs> make another hole. That's right. <laughs> That's usually what they do, right? Yep. Uh, so um, uh, do you think it'll be, you know, we've had vole issues a couple years. Do you think it's going to be a high vole year, or low vole year, no vole year? Uh, you know, so far I've had no calls on voles. Okay. Um, a couple on skunks, but nothing on voles. And Jerry mentioned last week we're seeing uh, rabid skunks and raccoons in the county so mm, not good just those types of things are happening um i oh oh, oh uh voles uh i <laughs> talk about chasing squirrels today um yeah <clears throat> um uh this last winter we have um decorative grasses planted around one of our patio and uh it's you know it's just convenient to push the snow off on top of one of them and the voles decided to take up residency in and around and underneath that snow and where that decorative grass is and and the grass itself it's uh, uh, probably two feet around uh, it's been in the ground for about three years and uh, the voles actually went in and cleaned out all the uh, old dead stuff to make their nests so cleaning that particular one up this spring was a whole lot easier than, <laughs> than some of the others <laughs> It, so, it's in recovery mode right now. So voles are plant life, and moles are grubs, grubs and, and stuff, insects. Yep. Yeah. So and, and earthworms and earthworms. So Gary, would this be a good time 
or or do we want to still want to wait to treat our grubs if we think we got grubs? Um, I usually treat uh, end of June. Is when I end of June. Yes. And what we're targeting is the smaller instar larva, the uh, the immatures of the grubs, of the beetles, right? So, um, and and what most of the products need to be applied over the surface of the soil and watered in. Yes. Okay. Yes. And how much water do you recommend? A half an inch? Quarter to a half inch, just enough to get it into the soil, because the uh, grubs that are in the soil now they're pupating. They're going to turn into the beetle here, you know, in another three. Well, of course we're behind. We're we're delayed. (laughs) So anyway, so they'll probably be coming out another three or four weeks and then they'll mate and uh, lay their eggs and those eggs will hatch down in the soil and that's when you want to catch them when they're little. Yeah. So so timing, is timing real uh, important for these small guys? Yeah, I mean it's a lot easier to kill when they're small. So, you know, the end of June, first of July, that's when they should be hatching out and everything. Uh, The products you put out anymore probably have a 30 to 60 day window okay so you know so that will last so it isn't super critical but so that last week in june first week of july since we're a little bit you know late this year would be probably an optimum time to get your product out and do you have a favorite uh imidacloprid would be one and that's could you spell that could i spell that <laughs> Jeff, we're going to need some help here. I M I D I C L O P R I D, and that's probably the most common one out there right now. Did, did you get it? Do you want me to repeat it? <laughs> Could you please? Sure. I M I D I C L O P R I D. R I D. Imidacloprid. Because I have I have trouble with both moles and voles. You don't have trouble with moles. Why not? Moles are beneficial. Tell that to my lawn and my wife. (laughs) Because when we walk across it, sometimes we sink into a mole tunnel, and we twist our ankle and fall down. It goes, darn moles. (laughs) So, yeah, um, again, it's it's the... I know, they aerate. Sure. 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 So, you know, they're they're actually working on your other problems that you may have. So the other thing is... So when you're talking moles and voles, all I can see is Gary and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so which is which? <laughs> so I've tried, I've tried irrigating in the garden before, and that doesn't work because I have voles. And they're just like a little uh, two-inch hole that they tunnel in about six inches below the ground. And... You know, if you find one of those little tunnels, that's where you can put bait into that tunnel. And, oh, we've tried doing that, and we've tried trapping them. And, you know, it's just life is so much fun with those two critters. I'm, I'm kind of curious. You said, have you ever seen how deep that hole goes? Because I'm thinking it no. could be a toad where he's uh, spending his time in the lawn. But I've certainly put a hose into oh, that. And, and it's, it's <laughs> I, I don't see. It's right. like the sinks up at Laramie or up at Lander. <laughs> up at Lander. The water goes into the mountain and two, was it, two hours later it comes out a quarter mile or a half mile down the road. So I've done that, okay. but I've also found that I've, I've done that and I've seen the, the ground starting to move and slosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, there was a vole that was trying to hmm. gain access to air. Okay. And uh, my cats got him. Good. Yeah. 
I had one cat. He, she was such a good voler. She'd just sit there and we'd go, I think we have to put a little water pan there because she's been there for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Should we take her out a sandwich? <laughs> so um, I think it's time that we uh, take a break and listen to our sponsors again, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Okay, we are back. This is Jeff Edwards, KGOS KERM Lawn and Garden Program with Jerry Urshabek and Gary Stone. I got it. Yeah, okay. you're doing good. All right, so um, uh, during the course of the break, Gary asked that we uh, spend a little time talking about uh, trees. So, uh, so, yes, so most of the calls I've actually had this spring <clears throat> have been on trees. Uh, mostly there are evergreen trees. And I was talking with Amy Seiler about that, and she said, go back and check the temperature last fall, or last October 14th and 15th, and I did, and it was 8 degrees and 40 degrees. So she's thinking that a lot of the damage that I'm seeing on some of our evergreens, that the, you know, the new growth may not be there, or some of the tips have died back, was due to those freezing temperatures those two nights. Uh, the trees just weren't ready for winter, so to speak, and they got caught and got froze. So are you just not seeing the candles like we normally see this time of year? Yes, and then actually some uh, dieback on the tips. So hmm. uh, okay. you know, the spruce trees have been the most ones I've looked at, so those are the ones that have really have shown it. So just for everybody's reference, the new growth on pine and spruce trees, is it's generally called a candle. So yes. And they kind of look like a new little pine cone uh, right very early yes yeah very early yeah because mm -hmm. my neighbor has one that's just going to town and i'm like well gee whiz you're gonna have a lot of pine cones he goes no that's just new growth yep. yeah yeah so yeah that's that's pretty remarkable and so gary would you suggest doing anything about there, that there really isn't anything that you can do i mean that's a act of god mother nature type of so deal. So watering the, isn't an issue. Know, shouldn't be an issue. Uh, I mean, always check the moisture in, in your soil. Uh, I know people say, well, I water the lawn, but the tree's uh, dry, because that lawn's going to take the water that you're watering the lawn it with. Intercepts it intercepts it. Yeah, and it may not be getting down to those tree roots. So, uh, Even now, since we've had so much rain? Even now, it all depends. I looked at one uh, over in gearing, I, I've got a six-foot moisture probe, so it's probably one of the few moisture probes left in the valley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to actually go six feet. <laughs> to actually go six feet. Uh, you can get them online. They call them a tile probe, but I'm fortunate enough to have one from years ago. And it's nothing but a spring steel rod with a little ball on the end, and it doesn't tell you how much moisture is in the soil, but that there is moisture. So as I push that down into the soil when I hit a dry spot it's just like hitting a concrete it it stops and so where I was probing around this tree showing this gentleman uh, it went down anywhere from two to maybe a foot and a half and then it would just stop yeah uh, so are you able to identify plowshare as well with so that what that probably was this being over on the south side of the river where the soil is more silty and being new houses, so when they excavate for basements and everything, they don't save that topsoil. They just, you know, scatter it out. But everything that comes up from that basement isn't good soil. Is on top. And it's on top now. <laughs> and so, you know, with the heavy equipment and all the traffic and everything, that creates that compacted layer down there. And, uh, boy, you go down and hit it, it's just like hitting a rock. 
and uh-huh. it stops, and that's as deep as your rigging and, is probably going to And go. so actually, um, if, if water gets to that layer, instead of penetrating it, it'll shoot across it shoot and keep across going. across and go somewhere else. <clears throat> wow, that's interesting. Water does interesting things, right? Well, they, they, uh, yeah, and I've been told that, yeah, absolutely, find its lowest point. So I've been told that rototillers will, will actually get a rototiller bottom as well, yes. and you need to, to do some kind of a, a deep shank once in a great while, once in a while. Or just don't rototill. Or rototill less. Right. But I know you need your therapy. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's so I, it's that's for my fair mental health that I ro- get out there and rototill. But yes, so there is that layer down there, and uh, same with the uh, turf. You know, I take uh, tell the folks take a six or eight inch shank screwdriver, and if you can push it in fairly easily, then you got moisture enough for the lawn. If it doesn't, six inch shank, six to eight inch, because that's where most of the roots are going to be for your grass. But, of course, your trees are in that same zone, too, and maybe a little bit deeper. But, uh, yeah, with that uh, moisture probe, uh, when, when I go down, uh, I, I showed another individual their lawn. They had some patches of dry brown grass and pushed that in there. And anywhere from maybe an inch to six or seven inches, I could go over a foot where it was lush and green and push that down all the way six feet. Hmm. But I was hitting gravel, and I could feel it. Huh, yeah, transmit right through the pipe. You well, the rod. Well, no, it's just or the rod. I, I mean, you feel it. I mean, you can feel the gravel mm-hmm. crunching down mm-hmm. there. You know, so when you hit it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if people want to, you know, do that, um, if they want to go online and f- buy a tile probe, that's fine. But they cannot have my. Or just go out. <laughs> probe. Just go find an old screwdriver. You know, or a good screwdriver. Yeah, uh, Gary, you've mentioned that um, uh, when we go into these subdivisions and the soil is brought up from the basement and brought up on top, um, uh, there's that actually changes how your turf is going to grow. Yes. And there's some more. There's some recent uh, research that has been published that uh, Diane provided to me through a publication that she gets talking about how the turf varieties are changing over time and they require less nitrogen than what we think traditionally oh, that'd be great and so if you if you have a newer version a, a newer turf a newer lawn planted or installed um, the the uh, current recommendation um, is to do to not do a f- heavy fall nitrogen application not do a heavy spring nitrogen application but do a a moderate application about the middle of June uh, and try to get everything through the summer and that's that's really all that it needs if it's wow. a newer turf hmm, yeah. great. so kind of in, some interesting stuff if you want to read it I have it right here Gary you can look <laughs> at it later <laughs> as a matter of fact as a matter of fact yeah so it's kind of uh, some interesting information that's uh, coming out about that and and um you know we as homeowners have a tendency to over fertilize and if we do that it leaches through the soil or it uh, it um did you did you write that no. <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um, but, but, but i see the source <laughs> yes yes um and so uh uh if we're using less nitrogen less pollution in the environment those types of things because i've been told that lawn are the the people and the folks that have lawn and I'm one of those included uh, we way over fertilize and we're actually the problem of fertilization getting into the groundwater so much more so than our farmers yes 
because yeah. our farmers are are dedicated to put on only what they need when they need, they need it and because there's a big cost to that as well and so if we have just a little patch if it's recommended uh, uh, two pounds for this well then 22 pounds ought to be <laughs> i use that, that you're not making that recommendation <laughs> are you jerry no i am not <laughs> other than for your giant pumpkin <laughs> No, so if we can if we can be better stewards of the products that we have available to us, it, it's better for all, right? It's like strychnine; just a little bit will make yeah. you sick, but right. a lot will kill you. Right. Well, it doesn't even take a lot. It's just a little bit more than a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so stay away from strychnine. Yes. Um, so uh, irrigation stuff, things that we need to consider uh, right now, Gary. Well, you know, with all the moisture we've had. Uh, really don't need to be watering but it would be a great time to go out uh, take the time to run through all of your uh, cycles on your watering system see how the sprinklers are set make sure they're you're getting the proper coverage uh, we've seen a lot, a lot of times go out on turf calls well why is it not you know greening up here and again uh, you do the screwdriver thing and tell them all well, the turfs you know the soil's dry well, I water, you know, two or three times a week, but are, are your sprinklers set properly to get the proper coverage and putting on the proper amount? Have you used one of those gauges that you can plug in uh, um, in your turf? I, I mean, it's just a little plastic cup, right? Have you ever used one of those, Gary? Actually, I have a whole bunch of them, and uh, we give them out free. We uh, put them in a plastic Ziploc bag, a package of six, and uh, people that want to stop by and you know, put those out in their uh, turf to see just what their water pattern is and how much they're putting out. Uh, that's that's what they're there for, and that's why we want to give them away. Very good to know. A lot of people will will uh, water early in the morning, and it just and sometimes you know for whatever reason you're out way early, and and it just kills me when you see one sprinkler that doesn't have the head on it, and it just there's a there's a shooting straight up in half the air. inch of water <laughs> up in the air making quite a nice fountain. You know, I don't know when I can't understand. I'm using the sprinkler system, and you know the rest of their their lawn is drying up at this one good lush spot. Right. It's always a good idea to turn things on, check all those heads, and make sure that they're actually operating the way that they should. And because uh, things happen over winter time, you yes. you might have a vole or a mole that not on it and and knocked it out of whack, mm -hmm. <laughs> or some kids riding along on their bicycles, you know, and they ran off the pavement a little bit and hit the head. And or the guy you had or, hired to aerate may have chomped on it. Snow removal, snow, snow removal, all sorts so, of different things yeah. can happen so out there. Maintenance on your watering system is a must. Um, you know, we're uh, it it's just a great time to be outside there's a lot of things blooming right now uh jerry you brought in a fascinating flower yeah it, it's and i i don't have the name for it but it's called they call it peach slices and it's just a, it's just a little orangey yellowishy thing looks like a peach slice peach slice a peach slice pillow right it, and it's it, puffy yeah and so you know there's there's different things that are blooming uh, we even have some iris blooming, and unfor well, fortunately, we had we planted some daisies last year, and they kicked off a bunch of seeds, and now there's babies, and so now we have iris and daisies blooming together, and that is kind of kind of nice to see that. 
And have we haven't talked about iris yet, have we? No, we, we have not. Okay, so, so some some people are saying that their iris are way delayed because of the uh, temperature, the the cool, cool the cool snow that we've been. Getting. I have a neighbor that she must have an early blooming iris, uh, early early spring iris, and it's a yellow, and it's up about um, uh, somewhere around nine to ten inches, and. Uh, we have some other the traditional uh, deep purple ones, and uh, there's a golden one that's now blooming up at the office. And uh, everybody's starting. You can see that they're they're almost ready to break open their bud. Yeah, we're none of ours are blooming, but it's they're all really close. They're sending up. Yeah, stocks. next couple of days, I would just imagine with this nice weekend, there will be a bunch of iris starting to bloom. Yeah. I think so. Gary, would you agree? I would agree. I went down there at the center's iris bed. Well, it's not the center's iris bed. It's <clears throat> that group of folks that have the iris bed. And I walked through it. There there were some iris that were out blooming. But I could see, like you said, a lot of uh, stalks that were ready. They're lo loaded with blossoms re ready to start out. Are they having their iris festival this year? You no, know, I have not heard anything. I've not seen anything, a notice or anything. Okay. Uh, Stan Hawes, who kind of used to ramrod that, he left the country yep. and moved to the East Coast. Huh. So we kind of took care of that, and I haven't seen anything or if anybody's taken it over for him. Okay. I've been to that Irish show. It's spectacular. Yeah, there's some there's some very fascinating things there, and, and they have the opportunity to allow you to buy a, yeah. yes, bulbs. And there's a lot of do's and don'ts about Iris, but it is Iris are so forgiving you can do almost anything. You can just throw them. them out on the ground and they'll grow. You don't even have to plant them. <laughs> <laughs> One person had a pile of iris that they dug up and they go, oh yeah, we dug those up a month ago. You want any of those? <laughs> go, heck yeah. So <laughs> we scored a bunch of iris. And, uh, Are they all the same color? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's okay. You know, it's iris, I, I love iris. I think that they're really neat. And just last weekend... Uh, repositioned a bunch of iris and you know they say oh don't don't transplant them until they bloom and after they bloom and yada 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 but like you said they're so tough yeah and forgiving you can do almost anything with them and it's interesting that uh, as you um, allow that iris group to mature they grow in a ring kind of a crown and that crown continues to grow out and move out and then the center becomes blank so you could potentially plant something in the middle of that if you wanted to, like your daisies, right? Sure. Um, and so, Gary, uh, how big will that ring get? Do you know? You know, I don't know. I think eventually it'll probably kind of thin out at the edges. Okay. But, uh, you know, that's just probably part of the nature. But I've had that, and so what I generally do is I take a shovel and, and just cut them in half and then dig another hole and then circle that half that I've dug up and replant it so that they're more in a line or in a row so then I can put more stuff in and that takes care of them for a while. Okay, and then they start forming that circle again. Then they start forming again and, and so uh, I kind of like to have a full iris bed and so you, yeah, you just take care of those and there and you are. And if you can't see the roots, you've planted them too deep, right? <laughs> That's right. They, they, they really just They're prefer a... that root. That, is that a stolen, Gary? Yes, I believe so. So it's kind of like a potato tuber. Uh, just it needs to be half buried or thrown out on the surface, and they'll figure <laughs> it out from there. Uh, we have a caller, so let's uh, get to that. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, 
Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Okay, Edwards? Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I have caught 87 of the damn squirrels. <laughs> yeah. And I have called them. Usually I catch them, and I hate to kill them. Sure. So I take them out and, and, and get rid of them. I take them... So you're transplanting them to be somebody else's problem, Joe. No, what I'm doing, I'm taking them down the river. Okay. <laughs> well, Joe, I'm sure that you're going to get a lot of uh, reaction from that. Because, uh, like I said, either you have pro or con, and uh, when you admit to doing that, I'm sure that some people will react well, to that. He's releasing them to the river. That's what I said. Yes. I didn't really want to yes. Come on the air because of that. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, um, you know, there are a lot of squirrels in the country, and and it's just one of those things that uh, we have to deal with one way or another. So, uh, uh, anything else, Joe? No, I guess that's it. Okay. Hey, thanks for calling in and chatting with us today. Sure. Take Thank care. You. All right. So. Um, uh, other things, Gary, that are on your brain. Oh, I had some there, and then I for forgot, kind of like you mixed <laughs> up our names. So, uh. <laughs> oh, man, it's uh, it's uh, turning into the old guy show. We can't remember what <laughs> each other wanted to talk about. <clears throat> well, Jerry's checking his list. I had a request to... to recite this poem again i mean that's a little hokey but the, the same one that you did last week yeah you haven't come up with a new one well i need to research him but <laughs> i was asked to repeat this one about about uh why gardening is so good for our brain okay so who's the author alfred austin okay the glory of gardening hands in the dirt head in the sun heart with nature to nurture a garden is to feed not just the body but the soul very nice. So, yeah. It, it, okay, so I repeated the poem. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, you know, when we talk about mental health, we, we all want fair mental health. And I think gardening is one of those tools. The, they were talking earlier on the, on the air about uh, sending kids to yoga and as far as detention. And now I'm thinking, unless the kid would tear up your garden, uh, Send them out to the garden. Make them put their oh, hands yeah. in the dirt. Yep. Being outside, uh, doing that type of activity is uh, very therapeutic. Although, when I was a kid, I have to admit, one of the one of my least favorite activities was pulling weeds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, as, as I get older, <laughs> I do recognize the therapeutic benefits of doing that. Oh, yeah. Kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get rid of them. That bindweed underneath my <clears throat> old Wyoming yellow rose. Your family legacy. Gosh, dang. <laughs> Maybe Gary has some alternatives for Gary. you. He, yeah, uh, it's called live two or three lifetimes. So, you might get rid of it. <laughs> so, so he has the same response I do. So, Gary, do you think mulching is the key? Nope. They'll grow right through that They'll mulch. Right through it. Bindweed will actually grow through pavement. Yow. It, it is one tough weed. It, its root system is everywhere. And and particularly if it's in amongst things that you like and want to keep, it's very difficult to you control. You just gotta keep after it, pulling it, uh, hoeing it out. 
if you're very very careful use some glyphosate in the fall uh, have you used that glyphosate with the as a uh, like a like a deodorant stick the formulation that looks like a deodorant stick yeah i've not seen that oh it's been out for several years okay. i i've i've talked about it with people they've had really good right. luck with it and maybe off the air you can tell me where to buy it okay sure yeah, yeah. it is available uh, i think in scott's bluff in stores okay all right well, good um, but I found even with my iris that if I dig them periodically, I can deweed them a lot easier than trying to weed them. And of course, my iris need separated every so often anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of glyphosate, just to, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, a lot of people want to use glyphosate to control dandelions this time of year in places not in turf and other things like that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking for some confirmation, Gary. I, I wouldn't recommend using glyphosate on dandelions if you want to prevent them from going to seed because glyphosate takes 7 to 10 days to work. Um, and dandelions in that amount of time can produce a whole lot of seeds. So you, you really aren't uh, taking care of your problem. You're just kind of delaying it. Would you agree? I would agree 100% on that. Uh you know, if they want to try and prevent uh, the heads, the seed, uh, some 2,4-D or dicamba mix would probably be best. If they really want to take care of the problem, uh, same application of those two products in the fall right. will do a much, much, much better job than trying to do anything right now. Right now, you're just trying to... It's revenge killing. Yeah. Because they're going to go to seed before you get rid of them. And you're really not going to kill them either. Right. So, so would you dig them in, just mechanically dig them? Uh, digging or using 2,4-D or... Or wait till the, the pod comes up and pull the pod? Actually, the best solution is waiting and just let them go this year and wait until the fall. Uh, we were able to get our fall application of 2,4-D out. And the, and the places where my um, application wasn't uniform, <laughs> where I skipped... Uh, it, it's night and day. I, well, I can see. Check strips, y- yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Diane doesn't like that though. <laughs> um, I can. It, it's night and day. I can see a definite. Uh, it's hundred percent reduction where I did apply, and it's not that much where I didn't. You experimenters always have a reason for that. Uh, oh, that missed. That's a check spot. That's right. Check you strip, yeah. you, check you need strip. to check and see how well the application is yeah, actually so, working. So that's why you leave those areas. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose or otherwise. On purpose or otherwise. <laughs> so um, I'm not aware of things going on in the community this week. Uh, Jerry, do you have things that are coming up? Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to, to hammer this, but, you know, think about growing a giant pumpkin. Um, right now is the time to grow a giant pumpkin. Gr- and Greg's going to plant one in his backyard. And, oh, good deal. And so, you know... <laughs> By growing a pumpkin, even if you aren't getting a giant, giant, giant pumpkin, you're going to shade a lot of weed area, weed barrier. So if you're thinking that you have a big area that you want to reduce the weeds, grow a giant pumpkin. They're free out at the out at the Goshen County Extension Office. And there's a little publication to show you how to plant them, how to take care of them and water them. Most people, most great pumpkin growers... Put them in the ground and forget about them. Give them a kiss and then forget about them. Water them a little bit once in a while. And then you go, oh, yeah, we didn't get a giant one. Well, okay, so you have to pay a little more attention to it if you want a giant. But right now, now is the time to get your giant pumpkin seed and put it in the ground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Gary, do you have anything coming up in uh, uh, 
Scott's Bluff that you would like to mention that's uh, would be pertinent to folks? Put you on the spot, didn't I? Uh, you did. Uh, it's kind of maybe not so much lawn and garden, but uh, uh, since I you're a bug man and entomologist by trade, uh, and I had to take an entomology class last year to collect bugs, so we've decided uh, down there we've started a, a project for our first year 4-H people for their 4-H project for fair to collect insects so oh perfect we've held our first class and we're going to hold uh, two or three more for these uh, six young men that have signed up for it and uh, the enthusiasm of them uh, wanting to get bugs go out and learn about them is just fantastic because bugs are cool bugs are really cool you need a bug box a little bug carrier well that's what i, I actually do have got my bug box i call it so i got yep. my kill jars in there my pins and everything my mounting blocks uh you're just ready to go aren't I'm you ready to go so uh, i'll prowl the hallways where i found a lot of them i'll go out over noon hour and look for some more and of course uh this past month or so it hasn't been the best time to go out and get insects but uh as it warms up, they're going to be showing up, and uh, hopefully these young men will have a great time. Perfect. Make sure they get some no CMs in your, yeah, in your yeah. box. Those yeah. are going to be a little harder. We're, yeah. we're just shooting for the bigger ones. <laughs> <laughs> the, the more visible ones. <laughs> yes. So, gentlemen, I think that we have uh, worked through all of our time for this week. I appreciate you, Gary, for being here in well, studio with you, us. thank you, Jeff. I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad you could make it. We'll, uh, we'll have you again sometime soon. Absolutely. And, Jerry? Thank you again, as always, for being here. And uh, Absolutely. I don't think anybody can tell that I have a good time. Keep it, keeping <laughs> us driving the program, right? So uh, we will uh, be back again next Friday, um, Lawn and Garden program at about 8, 10 in the morning. Thanks a lot.